Catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning, February 15th. I'm Matthew Bell, and this is The Point from WFT News. This week, I caught up with Fresh Take Florida reporter Kristen Bausch, who covered a glitch in Sunshine State Health Plan's merger with another top insurance firm that caused payments to go unpaid. Here's Kristen. Um, basically, on October 1st, Sunshine Health and WellCare, um, they are two of the largest payment vendors for uh, Medicaid. Um, and basically, they merged. And with that merge, they had some technical difficulties with transferring data over, um, which in turn led to providers across Florida not being paid, um, which further kind of prevented these really sick children, like children with autism, um, from not getting the proper care, such as like caregivers to their homes, um, because their providers weren't getting paid and they had to shut down and no one kind of knew what the issue was. So parents were kind of left to take care of their children, um, which kind of caused financial um, hardships where like some parents had to lose their jobs to stay home to take care of their kids and you know it was just a lot of time commitment that they weren't anticipating because of this merge that took place. What were your initial thoughts when you heard about the missed payments? So I honestly I had to verse myself in how it kind of worked because I didn't understand that you know like the providers get paid for these services so that they could give it to other people. But I was just shocked that, for example, um, Lavette in the story, you know, she was a provider who had multiple kids under Sunshine. And she said, you know, in her 26 years, she never had to close her doors or never saw this coming. And I was just shocked that, you know, three months without getting paid is like a long time. Like most, your average person doesn't do that when they have a job when she said that it was kind of just eye-opening for me to like that one technical issue kind of created such economic hardship and financial hardship for not just the providers but even further like the families that were under those providers. You mentioned caregivers were affected by the missing payments. What other services were affected? I honestly don't know the specifics, but I can elaborate that a little bit. So um, each of the parents that I spoke to, they kind of said, you know, like their kid um, can't like bathe or eat by themselves or, you know, there's like some behavioral problems there. That's, you know, it's not their fault. It's just how they were born. Um, So when you say caregiver, you know, you're looking at somebody who can pretty much watch over them 24-7 when like you're not around so for example Anne-Marie Sasong in the piece she was doing a work study and she was going to nursing school and because of this shutdown um, and her provider not being able to give them services anymore you know she was saying that she was basically like 24-7 just doing all the duties that um, her caregiver normally would And, you know, she said she was like a five foot lady and it's, you know, her son's 15. And although that's still her son, you know, you're doing the basic needs where like, imagine if you had to lift somebody to move or to help them eat, you know, she was saying how that was like kind of hard for her because 
she's not physically built for that. So I think when we go back to caregivers, we're just thinking of people who are just helping these kids like live out their daily lives and making sure that they can live like the most normal life as possible. What is one takeaway readers should leave with after reading your article? One major thing that I got from people who are reading it, people that I know, people who are sending me emails in like appreciation is the fact that I humanized this technical issue. So I think upon first glance, you're like, okay, two of the largest companies had a system failure. And it doesn't look like much until you put it into context and say like, there are families being affected by this. Um, Dan Miller, for example, he almost lost his house because of this. And like, although it wasn't directly tied to him, it was more of like his provider not getting paid. It was a chain reaction, you know? So what may look like something small scale because it's not personally affecting you, just know that there are people that are affected by everyday issues, everyday mishaps like this. So that's why it's really important to make sure that like big companies like this aren't just portraying that, you know, they're going day by day with the duties and we're not questioning it. That was Fresh Take Florida's Kristen Bausch, who covered a glitch experienced by a top healthcare provider in the state and the people affected. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. A bill which would amend Alachua County's charter to change who county commissioners represent has unanimously passed a second round of voting in the Florida Senate. The bill would allow Alachua County residents to vote to change commissioners' roles from at-large seats to single-member districts. The change would give Republicans a chance to pick up seats in the 66% Democratic county, according to FloridaPolitics.com. The bill next moves on to the House State Affairs Committee. An autopsy report from the 12th Medical Examiner's Office shows Brian Laundrie died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, according to WTSP.com. Laundrie was thrust into the national spotlight when he returned home from a road trip without his girlfriend, Gabby Petito. The remains of Laundrie were found in a heavily wooded area of Carlton Reserve in Sarasota County. The FBI claims Laundrie admitted responsibility in the slaying of Petito. Santa Fe is slated to open a new STEM-based charter school at the Northwest Campus in fall of 2023. The $2 million expansion will offer high school students training in health services and information technology. The college recently received funds from Governor Ron DeSantis' $89 million plan to enhance workforce initiatives across the state. The Florida Department of Education says they hope the school will combat the needs of the pandemic and beyond, reports the Independent Alligator. Opponents of the expansion argue there may be an unnecessary duplication of courses already offered. Santa Fe College has not yet released details on how students will be admitted. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Matthew Bell, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Tuesday.